You are listening to I Couldn't Help But Podcast presents Welcome to the OC, bitch! With Ryan and Paige. And this is why Julie Cooper will forever look like she's going to a club in Vegas for the entire season. What she wears is hideous all times. I've I've literally only been to one club in Vegas and it was Coyote Ugly for a cousin's 21st birthday. <laughs> I got my head placed between a barmaid's thighs and a shot poured down my throat, and I didn't even fuck my girlfriend that weekend. It was it was terrible. That Vegas is hideous. terrible. Well, for you, yeah, absolutely. The only other time I went to Vegas was for uh, a band trip, and we we rode on a bus all night. This is like marching band, high school marching band. I know we- it's a bit minty, but <laughs> a bit minty indeed, as, as Cohen would say. Uh, hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, Hola, as they say, Ola. south of the border. Ola, as we'll find as out soon <laughs> in, in these episodes. Yeah, so uh, we are Paige and Ryan, uh, roommates, sometimes friends. And just in order to keep the integrity of this podcast, we don't speak the whole week and, until we have to record this in order to, to keep it fresh. So you're welcome, everybody. <laughs> we are recapping season one, uh, episodes seven and eight. Number seven is The Escape. In Tijuana, Marissa learns about the divorce and overdoses. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's Tijuana. Can you stop sounding so white, please? Uh, TJ. Uh. Ew. Don't <laughs> call it TJ like they do. <laughs> the number. Gross. No one calls it TJ. Number eight is the rescue. Ryan risks his future to keep Marissa from being sent away. <laughs> How chivalrous. What a dude. What a simp. <laughs> so we open episode seven. With Seth trying to talk Ryan into going to Tijuana instead. All right, go back to saying it the other way because you're terrible, oh. e- even worse this way. All right, so uh, he wants to go to TJ instead of going to Comic-Con. Oh, God. <laughs> um, I-, I don't think Ryan wants to go anywhere or do anything. No, he still hasn't gotten settled into anything. And also, this is like the early 2000s. Like, as, as Seth says, like this is before Comic-Con was like chic. Right. Before Before geek culture became cool. Well, and before it became like movie Comic Con. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the thing. Like he said, he says, all we're going to do is just a bunch of sweaty dudes looking at a porn star in a bad Catwoman outfit. <laughs> it's true. Um, so Seth is completely okay with doing away with, with going to Comic Con because he might see Summer super drunk in a bar. Yeah. And apparently, this, this uh, trip down to Tijuana is the. Uh, Sort of like the the culmination of the summer before they all go back to school. It's like a, an annual thing. Yeah, that these rich kids do. It seems sure, because why not? Because it's like I, I mean, don't the know. drinking age is eighteen, but who the fuck cares what age you are? Also, and feel like that's what Mexico is. Is just I who cares? I went to Tijuana once. Uh, it was on a church trip back when I used to go to church because I'm that bitch. Uh, so you really experienced it. I mean, no, we we went out to Revolution Boulevard and we had food out there and I haggled with some shop owners with, you know, my two years of high school Spanish. And because I was 18, I was allowed to have a dos case at dinner and it was terrible because beer is just disgusting. But I was like, well, you know, when in Rome or in TJ, as these rich fucks call it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, went down there, built a house for a family house <laughs> said with the loosest of sarcasm quotes because man their building codes were not but yeah no we did not experience tijuana like these kids experienced tijuana at all right i feel like uh this might be the equivalent of the trust fund kids here in reno going up to tahoe 
for a couple of days before school starts. Like it's just some last hurrah that you can do if you have a lot of money. And and how were those trips? Were they good? I don't know. (laughs) My mom never, my mom was overbearing. She never let me leave the cul-de-sac. I never went to, I went to Tahoe on a defensive football camp weekend. Like, like that was my Tahoe trip in high school. Uh, I didn't like go to like Tahoe for myself until well into my twenties. And I'd already been living here for almost 10 years at that point. I really only took fairly consistent Tahoe trips, uh, with my friend Becca, who, who we went to tennis lessons together. Wow. Off of Lakeside. Um, she's now living in Hawaii. She just had a baby. I I don't know. I don't know. But she seems really happy. She's got cute dogs. She's got a cute baby. She's got a, a cute partner. So good for her, man. Good, good for her. Um, but she and I would go to Emerald Bay a lot. She and wouldn't uh, yank the wheel like Summer would. Hey, we're getting ahead of ourselves here. I'm pre-editing. You're the worst. <laughs> You're the worst. Um, anyways, Sandy has an interview uh, for a job that he has no intention of taking. I guess they reached out to him because they were super impressed with how quickly he resolved slash helped the Jimmy situation. Yeah, I know. They, uh, some prestigious firm with like, you know, five different partner names attached to it. And uh, he, uh, he, he doesn't want to do it because he likes kind of scrapping it out in the public defender's office. He's been doing that for, what, 15 years? He likes defending people that are defendable. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You got to love uh, helping those helpless rich folks, right? Yes, of course. But uh, he, he unfortunately attracted the wrong kind of attention, and he's he's at a bit of a an impasse as to how to proceed. Right. Uh, meanwhile, Summer is telling Marissa that she needs a second bang at Luke, and then they need to bang it out in Tijuana as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because the first time is terrible. Which I think is pretty true of almost all experiences like younger people because you and I both lost our virginities a little bit older I was in my 20s I was 20 I was I was I was two months shy of my 21st birthday almost exactly I was like not deep into my 20s but I was in my 20s so I think that we were with people who read up a little bit more were a little bit more experienced and so I can't I can't imagine that two bumbling teenagers would make for a good bang the first time around. I don't know. It's amazing what's on the internet these days. They learn all sorts of stuff. We're talking early 2000s here, though. It's amazing what was on the internet those days. I learned oh. all sorts of stuff. What did, what did you learn? <laughs> what did you learn from that GeoCities page? I learned how to give my computer AIDS with fucking LimeWire. Yeah, no kidding. Killed the family computer. I shit you not. We had to restore it. <laughs> all for some fucking Limp biscuit tracks. And they weren't even Limp biscuit tracks. Oh, no. They definitely were. <laughs> No, I mean like I still have the burned CD. <laughs> sorry, kids. I'm making a joke because LimeWire frequently would say that it was one, oh. and then you would take three days to download the song and find out that it wasn't the song at all. Yeah, no, LimeWire was a file sharing service where you would download bits of something, you kind of torrent it from a bunch of uh, random locations, and it allowed you to get it allegedly quicker, but also free because you're not downloading the whole thing. Right. But the problem is, is because you're downloading random bits of information from a bunch of different sources, the potential for viral infection of one's personal computer was through the fucking roof. It, it was ridiculous. It was messy. It was basically computer coronavirus. Jimmy's uh moving out this weekend. Um, he yeah. forgot just a couple of things, though. He forgot to tell his kids that he was moving out uh, and he forgot to get a place. 
<laughs> right? Well, no, no, no. He had something. No. He he said he you went said, to Kirsten. Well, no, no, no. He he was on the phone saying you said the apartment would be ready. Like literally, Marissa walks in on him having that conversation. He had a place in mind, and it's not. And it fell through. It fell through. Yeah. That's why he goes to Kirsten. So yeah. So did you even watch the episode? Come on. No, I was too busy trying to make notes. <laughs> anyway, Kirsten helps him out, finds him a gorgeous townhouse oh yeah that he can't she, afford she knows a realtor friend she is the realtor friend well no she said i would call she said she was going to call one of her realtor friends that might mm-hmm. have something because like because she doesn't do rentals well no and that's the thing is like even if she did she can't be seen renting to jimmy uh, she can she would she doesn't care not with all the legal troubles he's going through it has nothing to do with with business fucking, wise yeah, yeah okay, it's, it's more enough. keeping her nose clean professionally mm-hmm. personally she would have no trouble renting him professionally no god no <laughs> marissa is feeling like she should stay home with her dad this weekend instead of going to tj she got a weird feeling she, she got a funny feeling she's got a weird feeling about this luke is like no 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 no. i can't wait to go to tj and basically spend the whole time fucking you in a hotel room mm, ever the romantic um but marissa's like like, I think I need to stay here for my dad instead of keeping your dick wet in Tijuana. Ah, just add a DY to the end of dad. You're good. Yeesh. Uh, she decides that she's going to not go and she tells everybody at lunch at the Lobster Shack or <laughs> where whatever the that place is called. The central perk of fucking right? <laughs> Newport, clearly. So Seth and Ryan are um, listening to their conversation. Yes, eavesdropping because Seth has the listening capacity of a wolf. Apparently, yeah. They, Summer talking is about, out of a ride because now yeah. Marissa's not going. So, so of course, Seth tries to uh, get in on that. Uh, before, though, they start talking about different drinks that they want to drink down in Tijuana. And you had brought up uh, the <laughs> well, no, donkey no, 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 no. show. Oh, no, 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 no. So what happened was all the douchebags at summer's table luke and all of his buddies uh because marissa says oh my god i can't believe you guys are actually talking about seeing a donkey show they're like chucking it up and high-fiving and so what i said was haha donkey show that's what i call a tequila mule because you know there's moscow mules which is you know the vodka and the ginger beer Mm -hmm. and the muddled lime and blah 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 tequila mules with you know whiskey mules whatever but like i like calling (laughs) <laughs> tequila mules donkey shows because you're still keeping the mule aspect but also you're referencing the fact that it is a a, a mexican uh, alcohol that you're putting in there and also referencing one of the most terrible mexican stereotypes at the same time um, See, and the only uh donkey but, show that i know of i no, learned no, no. from kevin smith well, and yeah, so yeah, yeah. i thought too. kinky kelly and the sexy stud so i thought that uh the like donkey show was like donkey punch you so thought, i guess you, i don't no, know you said that you thought the drink was called a donkey right. punch yeah, and exactly. i said what what do you think a donkey punch is well and i thought that it was the drink because punch you know so what is it what is a donkey punch donkey punch is one of those raunchy sex moves that dudes talked about in high school that no one would ever legitimately try and pull off it's it's you you really want to hear it okay so it is okay so spoilers ladies and gentlemen we're about to hear a uh sex move that apparently teenage boys like so i'm sure it'll be nice and no one likes it that's the thing is like everyone like guys will talk about like you know giving her the old donkey punch like like in the same way as like they talk about they joke about anything else um i was not one of the guys that joked about it but plenty of my friends were the guys that joked about it and you would definitely hear about it and you would uh but it was one of those legendary things like the magic window or you know the butthole rodeo and all sorts of stuff but what is it so uh the donkey punch allegedly has something to do with your 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 behind the girl and 
you uh oh wait a second i think i know this like basically you're doing her from behind and then you actually punch her right is that what it is yeah you punch her in the head so that she clenches up right as you're about to climax right and and essentially sucks it out of you which is terrible that's not something that physically happens nor should you ever be hitting a girl but like also like especially not one that's letting you do that to her yeah no 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 God, gentlemen are dead. Yeah, no, it's, it, yeah. So that's why I was just, I just thought it was hilarious that you thought the drink was called a donkey punch. We, you can see my my confusion though, right? Because punch, like a drink, like Hawaiian punch, when a donkey punch. When have you ever heard a drink referred to as a donkey punch? Though? Had you never heard donkey punch referred to like colloquially at all? No, because I don't hang out with that kind, I suppose. They were theater kids. <laughs> yeah, I didn't hang out with theater kids in high school. Ah, uh, she only dabbled in college. Correct. So anyway, uh, Seth offers to uh, be the uh, vehicle, the the way to Tijuana for summer, because he's already planning on being down there anyway. Anyways. Anyways. Um, Summer begrudgingly accepts, but then says we have to convince Marissa to come along. Well, yeah, it's convoluted, but eventually ends in driving to Tijuana together, which is ridiculous because um, obviously Marissa, you're too late, Cooper, pissed off at Ryan. Ryan's pissed off at her. They both have no right to be pissed off with each other. Oh, no, no, they're just fucking stupid. But they are nothing compared to Summer and Seth. Summer and Seth. Fighting in the car. Jesus Christ. So. Fighting over music, which I will say, as as terrible of a character as Summer has been up to this point, she made one good point, is that Death Cab for Cutie fucking sucks. It's just one guitar and a shitload of whining. And I was like, God damn it, Summer. I, I was applauding. Yeah. I hated the fact that they made me like this character for one moment. Right. She also made a Days of Thunder reference that you were very excited about. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, no, that was later on. That was after they get to the whole hotel because we need to understand why she has to make this reference. Well, so uh, they're fighting so much that she grabs the wheel as the passenger in the front seat just wrenches the wheel from seth who is driving because she's critiquing him for driving like an old woman which why are you like shitting on your own gender she says at least it insults you though yeah it's it's somehow more of an insult for you than it is for me to insult women but like what does she say he says i'm going 70 in a 65 she goes 80 is the new 70 <laughs> he's like who are you what are, what are you share 80s the new 70 get out of here which i mean i'm i'm with her except for it's a major highway so maybe don't speed that much but yeah no they drive off the road and crack the axle yeah they they wrench the axle which uh from what was shown on the screen they came to a nice decent stop without even bumping over anything off the shoulder of the road how they wrench that axle i will never know uh it probably was already a little cracked from the long beach people from the last episode railing on that range rover Rover that has already been repaired after getting beat the fuck up in it's time to trade up kirsten is what we're saying like that this is essentially a totaled vehicle (laughs) so they're stuck in some place between los angeles and san diego at some roadside motel while they're waiting for the axle to be fixed and this place is man you you don't want to take a black light to anything what does summer say she she runs a finger across the bed and she goes oh my god are the pubes included (laughs) but she refers to seth as cole trickle and i fucking lost it 
because no one makes references to Days of Thunder ever. And you don't expect the Days of Thunder reference to come out of the fucking OC, yeah. let alone from summer. Well, see, now you're starting to see why the OC has like great aspects of it, even though at its heart it is a soap opera because it's very self-aware. Also, I refuse to believe that Seth Cohen doesn't hasn't watched Days of Thunder. Oh, no, I totally believe that. He doesn't seem like a Tom Cruise fan at all. You don't have to be a Tom Cruise fan. It's just a decent movie. It's a, a great Tony Scott movie. It's one of the few movies about race cars that I actually enjoy. The rest of them are just go fast and turn left a lot. It's like that, Ford v. Ferrari, and maybe that really bad indie racing one with Sylvester Stallone and Kit Perdue called Driven that Rennie Harlan did in the early 2000s. That was a wild one, too. Where does Speed Racer fall into that? Speed Racer doesn't even count. It's a living cartoon. It's a completely different genre for me. That's the only car movie that I like. Man. Wait, no, that's not true. I also Herbie. love Herbie and the Love Bug, yeah. And, and Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Oh, of course. That's it. End of list after that. Childcatcher had such a sweet ride, you know? Oh, my God. He scares me to this day. If I see somebody that even has similar features, I'm walking across the street to How avoid that person. How can you handle watching Harry Potter? Peter Pettigrew literally looks like the fucking Childcatcher. Yeah, that's why I don't like him. Dumb. <laughs> so... But yeah, no, Days of Thunder. It's a great movie. Definitely seek it out if you haven't seen it. Just rubbing. And if you're not rubbing, you're not racing. Meanwhile, back at Newport, Sandy Newport. is going in for his interview and encounters Rachel, who I believe they went to it's, college together. Yeah, it seems like they have a pre-existing sort of like, almost like a, a, a Jimmy Kirsten sort of thing. Correct. Which... Ugh. About time we have one of those parallels. I was tired of their fucking melodrama. They have a awesome back and forth with each other about like just self-confident. Like they have a great flirtation with each oh, other. Oh yeah, their flirtatious banter is off the fucking charts. A plus. I don't I was almost jealous because I don't know that I've had that with anybody maybe one well person. you don't have writers um i am the writer thanks though well th there you go you just answered your own question i've had i've had close i'm just saying i haven't had it quite that good so <laughs> but they send him a surfboard they're very impressed with surfboard. him kirsten gets super cranky about it she's Ooh, like she's big mad she well yeah that's the thing is like he, he he went they had the little sort of like here's the spiel about what we can offer you and what you can do because he's basically going to be private practice but he says i could do a whole lot more pro bono work but he's still right. unsure about taking the job and the, so yeah they send him the surfboard which we gotta love that you and know? it looks like a nice one i don't know surfboards but it looks nice yeah they all do but no it, it's a guilt gift is, is what it is it's entrapment i don't know that it's a guilt gift because you can always send it back i know but if you send it back you better be like refusing the job at the same time but if you refuse the job and keep it well then you're just a jerk yeah then it, that's why it's a guilt gift it, it is it is almost blood money at that point that's totally fair. Kirsten says, oh, yeah, that, that surfboard arrived while you were gone. It washed up. Who's it, Rachel? It, it washed up. Yeah, who's Rachel? And she's obviously a little pressed. Sandy pushes it a little bit, and he makes some fine points. He does. He says, you like the fact that you're the one making the money, that, that I'm not one of these high-powered, you know, attorneys or investment bankers or anything like that you like the fact that i don't make my own money that rivals yours so you don't have to feel like the rest of these bitches around here yeah you can feel better than everybody yeah, else you don't which, have to be julie cooper which is fair nobody wants to be julie cooper so facts totally he says no i'm you know i'm gonna meet with her and and say no no thank you and it'll be whatever and they sort of leave it at that for now back at the motel Ugh. <laughs> it's disgusting motor lodge. Oh, it's so it is very um Motel 6 before they revamped their roadside. I don't think motels. it even is 
like on the level of a Motel 6 and that's how bad it is. I, I stayed at some pretty shady fucking hotels on marching band trips to bring it back to the top of the show real quick. I, I would put it on, on par with like some of these no-name motor lodges that we ended up staying at because, you know, schools can't afford to put you up anywhere nice, at least, you know, not public schools. Is it Motel 6 or Motel 8, the one that's like a blue logo? Motel 6 is is the one and then it's super eight motel i believe also Um, i haven't seen a super eight in forever since jj abrams did it it's coming out on 4k soon super eight there's a lot of motel banter going on in between all of it uh marissa calls up her dad just to check in say hey and he says um at the encouragement of kirsten yeah because she helped him find the place and she went over there and spent the entire day painting his new living room with him and kind of giving him some some, you know, motherly advice of, you know, because what the fuck, Julie's not any sort of good for that. So, so Jimmy, Jimmy says, was planning on just like leaving, like, because Julie and Caitlin are gone for a weekend doing something. Visiting Marissa, her mother. That's right. She's taking the kids and going, going to her to mother's. Yeah. Uh, Marissa's going to Tijuana. Perfect time to just cut bait and go. Mm-hmm. And so he is planning on just moving out that weekend and, you know, letting the girls have their fun. And then, you know, we'll just burn that bridge when they get back. But Kirsten says, you know what? Your daughter loves you and she deserves to know the truth. And like, you don't want to be that kind of guy. You don't want to start this divorce period with like that. Mm-hmm. You know, let's right. let's have it be something based in like trust, which I vibe with. I'm good with that. So his depression lit perfectly, as you noted. <laughs> yes, very, it, very much like I didn't have time to pay for the power to be switched over to my name yet. Sitting kind in the darkness. dark with the yeah. like light coming through the blind slats, just perfectly falling on his face, like he's Admiral fucking Pike or something. But uh. uh, so he tells her, "Hey, once you get home, I won't be there anymore." Sorry, kiddo. Sorry, she says, "I'm depressed. I don't want to do this. I don't want to go to Tijuana. I want to go home." And Summer says, "Absolutely not. Fuck that nonsense. We're going to Tijuana. Yeah, we're, we're already halfway there." Yeah. Uh, so. Because Marissa's a big old pushover, they go. But not before uh, Seth and Summer end up sleeping in the same bed. Uh, with Summer with this full-ass nightgown, what was she planning on doing in Tijuana with this fucking shit? Everyone she could. Although, probably not. I mean, there's some interesting Summer character revelations between this and the next episode that are, are definitely kind of taking her into a different direction. Uh, yeah. Were you surprised by by the sudden turn? Well, we'll, we'll it was very sudden, but we'll get there. <laughs> Fair enough, Seth. And Summer sleep in the same bed. Nothing happens. They go to breakfast the next day. And Marissa and Ryan end up sleeping on the on the pullout couch. Right. And they wake up cuddled up together. And Marissa definitely seems to enjoy that. Well, of she, course she she's, does. Yeah, she it's needed that comfort, only comfort and didn't know how to ask for it. They started butt to butt and ended up just spooned up. I don't think that happens that way, but and even fine. even even Summer and Seth, which over their their morning paper and coffee and toast fucking routine. They already look like the married couple that yep. they're destined to become, from what I understand. Mm, maybe, maybe not. Jesus. But like, oh, we couldn't wake up Ryan and Marissa. They just look so fucking yeah, cute Yeah, they just together. look so cute together. Um, So Seth says, hey, we need to pay lip service to our lip service. Oh, he we throws down the gauntlet. The kiss. Yeah, yeah. Because at uh, he he remembers um, Anna from a couple of episodes mm-hmm. ago. Talking about girls talking like about, confidence. She likes confidence. Go for it. You so literally have nothing to lose. He's like, hey. 
uh you kiss me and i know you're trying to like play all coins and i that shit but i think uh needs to be brought up there's something here they were being kind of all cutesy like switching papers and synchronous you know mm -hmm. him pushing the toast toward her so she could eat it without her asking and taking the drinks of coffee at the same time at which point they are broken from it and realize how fucking domestic they look and immediately like ew gross like it was great yeah and i honestly i love that i love getting to that point not in relationships but just any friendship where you where you go out have a meal with them and you immediately like take your onions off of your salad and put it on their salad kind of situation like cute aspect of any friendship, of any ship is... You ship that ship? I ship that shit. They talk about it and she doesn't really commit to anything. No, no, because Summer's still Summer. too above that shit. They, they end up deciding to go to Tijuana still, but yep. like everyone knows about what happened. Like they all know that like the Coopers are splitting up. Like the, the core group is now in on it. They know what's happening, but they get to this wonderful fucking backlot version of Tijuana. <laughs> Uh, yes, absolutely. Oh, man, it's terrible. It's great. But before we get to that, uh, Sandy met with Rachel. Oh, yeah, they had their, their second meet. Uh, to decline the offer. And mm -hmm. she says, you know that you want this. You know that it pays more. You know that it's fantastic. You know that you could help more people and you would be an idiot not to accept. Meanwhile, Jimmy. Oh, yeah, Jimmy crossing some lines. So, brother. yeah, when they're painting the apartment. Mm. Uh, Jimmy says, uh, hey, do you ever think about, you know, what would have happened if you and I had Yeah, do you ever have second out? thoughts about us? Yeah, and she says, um, Great way to start a conversation as you are going into a divorce. I feel like guys just have that kind of idiotic timing a lot. Yeah, we need to know, and we always need to know what the worst possible fucking moment. The amount of times um, that I have had that specific thing happen to me is too many times to be like, oh man, you know, now that I'm in a relationship or now that you're in a relationship, you ever wonder like what would have happened if things had been a little bit different? No. Ugh, that's like those people that will confide their love for you from fucking, you know, 800 miles away when it's safe. Yep. You know? Yep. Ugh. Yeah. And runs away at any potential for anything to kindle. Hard pass. No, thank you. <laughs> um, Jimmy shoots a shot again with Kirsten and, and goes in her. for the kiss. Yep. Like and and here's the thing is she hesitates but does not immediately push him away like he he does there the is there is a pause he does her. the hitch thing he goes ninety and waits for her to come ten I never saw that movie you never saw Hitch no there was this whole uh, there was this I whole, believe you though there was this I whole breakdown where he's about. saying like you know you go ninety percent of the way but you let her come ten it was the mid two thousands version of this is what consent is bro <laughs> my god terrible I so <laughs> sidebar the other day. I watched. Sidebar, look at you talking like Sandy Cohen using your legalese. <laughs> um, yeah, not a filibuster, just a sidebar. We need to abolish the filibuster anyway. Yeah, I said it. Yeah. Um, I watched Crazy Stupid Love, which is a great, funny, hilarious, fantastic film. So I'm told. Uh, but also, now that it has been a few years... Is very problematic. It is wild to go back and watch anything. The O.C., Anything. Like aside, yeah. but especially from a romantic comedy standpoint. Oof, yes. Like what you think is like acceptable in romantic comedies mm -hmm. as, as far as like the chase and the thrill of like, you know, right. will they, won't they sort of stuff. Yep. The way it's portrayed, the way the men go after the women or vice versa. It is insane. Yeah. 
It is because the thing is, like, gender roles have become so crazy, warped, non-existent yeah, anymore. Uh, do we what need we them? Thought, did we ever? I mean, we probably didn't, but that's the thing is that, that they're- Gender roles are, like, post-World War II propaganda. Anti-communist propaganda is what gender roles are. Well, women were originally property. Very much so. And not actual people themselves. You want to talk about dowries? Hey- Marry my daughter, I'll also give you part of my land and some fucking goats. I will pay you to take her off my hands. Ugh. Yeah. We have evolved. Things are different. And it is it it kills me how much things are wildly different, but certain things still very much remain the same. History doesn't repeat itself, but it often fucking rhymes. Paramount Plus, which if you want to sponsor us, like send us an email. Um <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I'm sure those Paramount execs are listening. They are. Neil, can... if you got any connects, let us know. Yeah, hook us up with Paramount Plus. Um, so last night I I got on to Paramount Plus and and I fully expected to log on because they have all the Nick shows. And so I assumed that that's where I was gonna go. I really settled in for the evening, fully prepared to Legends of the Hidden Temple myself into a But what did you end up doing? You simple bitch, what'd you do? I ended up watching the first six episodes of The Real World. Like like the very first season? The very first season, oh, New York City. In all of its four by three box aspect ratio glory. 1992. I was young. I was too young to be watching The Real World. I was, like, I was in world. second grade and third grade in 1992. Whatever. Either way, I was young. I was too young to be watching shows about people who did these things. I started watching and there is... In episode seven, there are two characters. They were real people. I don't know why I said that. But no, Um, here's the thing. You're absolutely hitting the nail on the head, though. They are characters to Paramount and MTV and the people that produce that show. It was intended to be like this sort of like slice of life. It was like, hey, Reality Bites was saying something. Let's go. It was a docudrama and Reality Bites was based on real world. There you go. It was very much a let's throw seven strangers from seven completely different backgrounds into a house and see how they interact. See what happens when people stop being, what is it, and start getting real? What was it? <laughs> when people stop being polite and start That's getting real. That's right. Mad real. Oh my gosh. The two people in the scene, I'm so sorry. Oh my gosh. I don't remember their names. That's why I'm having a hard time with it. Anyway, white female, black male, having a conversation. I'm worried about this country, but I think that we have like a lot of promise, a lot of potential. And I feel like, you know, if we work hard, we can make something of this country. Like I feel positive and about then she it. She said she was voting for Perot, right? Nader. <laughs> it was Nader. <laughs> God, um, remember that was the last time we had like three viable candidates for president. It was, was 1992 when Ross Perot was rich enough. It was such to a fucking put himself on that stage as an independent. It was such a better time because then we got was Muppets it? out of them. I mean, true. Age Ross Parrot was my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> so he starts making the point that he's like, it will never be good for me. I'm a black male. But it will always this the society will always keep me down. She was just like, that's not that's not what I'm saying. Like, but they got into it and it was a fight and it was a fight that somebody could be having today. Oh, absolutely. And it's so upsetting to know that as a society, we have not evolved since 1992 on that particular issue. We haven't evolved from way back beyond that. But yeah, I but understand. You what know you're what saying. I mean? From the from I what I was watching. Yes. It's still a great watch is my point. 
Everybody should watch it. So there's that plug, Paramount Plus. We are recommending your service. Give us the ad revenue. Yeah, come on. Sweet, sweet money. Back to the OC, though. (laughs) Yes. Luke is in TJ. He's already there with all his bros and Holly. And Holly is just... And these people are pitching like what happens in Tijuana stays in Tijuana type shit. They are they don't want to drive four hours to Las Vegas, I guess. Um, because they can't drink in Vegas. True. Yeah. They would actually get caught in Vegas. Luke is making out with Holly on the dance floor. Oh, and they've been like shooting, doing body shots, which ugh, body shots oh in a post-COVID God. world. Like already taking something out of someone's belly button. Yeah. Do you know what's in there? Like, Blech. do you know that there are like people that have made bread out of the yeast that they pulled from their belly buttons as a scientific experiment? Like there is like stuff. Yucky. There's, they have found like new microbes that they previously did not know existed in the shit that was in someone's belly button. Why are you doing a body shot out of there? You know, super gross. Marissa sees him. Oh yeah, because they are they are just daggering. They are they are freak dancing and f- like face mouthing. Like it is. It's doing. a typical club scene. Ugh. And Marissa, of course, gets upset. Leaves. Oh yeah. Um, well, no, but before that, she gets upset, and then Holly says, "Whatever, he's doing it with everybody." Everyone. Yeah, freshman girls, girls at like you see whatever, like at the college let like. Apparently, Luke has been getting around, which, man, thank God she made him wrap it up in the last episode. She's upset, clearly runs out. Um, Ryan does what he does best, which is start a fight. Luke says, this isn't about you. And Ryan says, it is now. And just like, boom, clocks him. Luke is drunk off his ass and just starts swinging wildly, hits some other patron. And now you've got a whole fucking Wild West saloon bar fight. Right. Except it's senior fucking frogs or whatever the fuck. (laughs) And so, yeah, and Ryan can just totally walk away from it. So that's fantastic. He doesn't even get a hit. He just he's throws one punch. Seven episodes in, and he knows now how to how to start and finish a fight Mm -hmm. without really being part of it ever. Long story short, there's a whole lot of back and forth. Uh, but Marissa ends up ODing on either hydrocodone or oxycodone. She grabs some of uh, Summer's mom's pain pills out of Summer's stepmom's pain pills. Which, yes, now. Tijuana is home to a legion of like quote unquote pharmacies um, where you can get a lot of like cheap, cheap, cheap versions of like drugs that cost hundreds of dollars here in the U.S. Um, because, you know, our healthcare system is so fucking great. Yeah, it's awesome. Ugh, but. And she was like, before we go to the to the club where we know it, where everyone is, oh, we have to stop into this and get these pills for my stepmom. I was too busy ragging on the terrible backlot version of Tijuana because it looks Correct. nothing like Revolution Boulevard whatsoever. Yes, Ryan shocker. talked through something. That never happens. <laughs> Uh, so she ODs, walks around, she and like, like passes a, out in an a alley. Handful of them, and downs it with a shot, and it's just like, yeah, yeah. She ends up like in a in a, a nice, well lit alley. <laughs> Uh, per, yes. Again, with that wonderful, perfect fucking Star Trek captain's lighting just on yep. the area where she is. Yeah, very. I, you have to wonder if this were a better show, if that mimicked Jimmy's position I, earlier. Right? You, you know, like you if, know if, if it I wanted wasn't to, intentional. No, There's no, but if way I wanted to give it more credit, I would be like, look what they did with that. Feeling devastated, feeling devastated. Look yeah, what they no. did, but and no. The, but magically, the friends find her, which really, no. As soon as you lose her- She's as, gone. As, yeah. As soon as she's like stumbling through the streets on pills and booze and like 
the POV shots are all blurred and slowed down. And he picks her up and walks her down in slow motion. Oh, yeah. This fucking Pieta style fucking like picture that they're painting. Slides very, very quickly into the next episode yeah. where they airlifted her from Tijuana to a hospital in Newport. L- yeah, from some hospital in Newport. Are you kidding? Like, like we got your family doesn't have any money. Who paid for that? Who's paying for Maybe this? That's why the Coens were in the hospital room, and that's why Julie was so upset because Julie is fucking heated. Yes. That once again the Coens and this fucking kid from Chino yep. have somehow gotten her daughter into some sort of trouble. And she blames Ryan for everything, everything. that has ever happened to Marissa. Even though we find out later, Marissa has been shoplifting, drinking long before. For Ryan anorexia, anorexia which we you know we see that we see you yeah well, barely but we see you Oof. uh but yeah so she's she's sleeping it off in the hospital because as you say puke and rally at that point like she didn't need to be airlifted to the hospital she just needed to puke well no no, and no. Get I some think fluids she, in her i think i think for for someone of her size oh, maybe. with the amount of pills that she took on top of all the alcohol she was having she would have been heroin bob you know within you know a few hours if she hadn't have been found and taken care of properly they had to pump her stomach right i mean they did yes julie says ryan is not allowed near her ever again officially yeah and for that matter neither is Jimmy because she don't want Jimmy around. She's going to sue for sole fucking custody because not only is she blaming Ryan, she's blaming Jimmy for all of this. You had her for one weekend and look what happened. He didn't have her. She was going. You knew she was going on this trip, Jules. The fuck is your problem? Julie is popping the hell I want off. something so bad to happen to her. She's the type of person that character, I should say, not oh, person. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know, because um, persons are on real world, characters are on this show. <laughs> you know what I mean. I don't want an actual person to experience this, but a character, her character specifically, would be a very, like a Regina George ending would be great for her. You know what I mean? Well, like, like I hit just, by a bus and yeah. end up with like screws in your head? Yeah, I just want her to get hit by a bus, really. In the exact same fashion that Regina George did in Mean Girls. <laughs> um, but instead, for now, um, they get kicked out of her hospital room. They have to go to school anyway. Because it's a week before school, so everybody yeah, has to so get now their they have schedule. To meet, well, and that's the thing is like while Seth and Summer are getting their schedules, Ryan is meeting with the dean to try and get accepted into the Harbor School is what it's called. It's called the Harbor School. The, the sort and it's of the principal, like, so it's not like the dean is well, a little Well, no, they call her the snooty. dean. It's Dean Kim. Put some respect Doctor, on her name. Dr. Kim is what Doctor, they call her. Yeah, but yeah, she Dr. is the Kim. principal. But that you call her the dean because it's a prep school. And if you're going to a prep school, you're prepping for college. So well, you might as well call her the fucking dean. You would know because better than me. Because let me tell me. you... I I wouldn't know. I'm going off of like what they're saying in the show. <laughs> Prep school. Fuck. I didn't even graduate high school. How would I fucking know? Get out of here. I don't know, man. I went to I have a good school. enough diploma. That's what GED stands for, right? Good enough diploma? Uh, I wouldn't know. <laughs> well played. Because I barely graduated from high school. Uh, the only reason why I barely graduated is because of the proficiency tests that the state of Nevada decided to put in junior year of high school. Did you get that Millennium Scholarship? Remember the Millennium Scholarship? Yeah, we had the Millennium Scholarship. I did not get it because my grades weren't good enough. Uh, and they implemented it. Like, I would have been able to get good enough grades if I had known, but they implemented it so late mm. that my GPA was already screwed at that point. And I don't mean screwed in a bad way, just screwed enough to not get get that scholarship and if i remember correctly like i remember like i started my freshman year in 1999 and the millennium scholarship was all anyone was talking about i'd never heard of this but if i remember correctly it was a big deal it was 
out of the huge like settlement that the tobacco companies paid to the state or something. Yeah, something like that. It was nuts. Because big tobacco had just been taken down. Ha ha ha. Thank you for smoking. But uh, <laughs> yeah, they'll never take them down. But big tobacco paid out like a multiple trillion dollar settlement. And what Nevada decided to do with that money mm-hmm. was invested in the future of of its its student body, which you know what? Not bad. Not not a bad choice. They could have probably, you know, built several more casinos or the fucking Raiders stadium or whatever with it. But instead, they're like, you know what? You know, for X amount of years, uh, any student that like makes, you know, this much, you know, progress academically or whatever gets X amount of dollars put towards college out of this fund. Like, that's kind of fucking cool. Yeah, it was kind of I mean, it was a bit of a bummer that I had just missed it. But my parents have also socked away like all the money that my grandma gave me over the years for my birthdays and things like that to pay for my college you education. You didn't even get to keep your birthday money. Oh, They're no. like, we're going to hold on to this. Uh, yeah, no, I didn't see a, a freaking dime of it because um, they put it all into my college fund. So my college was luckily paid for before I even got to college. With birthday money? With, well. What with, type with, of interest were you getting on that or how much were you getting in birthday money? I, um, I don't know because they didn't tell me because they just put it into this fund. Dubious. I was a CD maybe. Who's to say? I don't know because. You had a compact disc? Yes, I had a compact disc full of money. It was wild. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I don't know what they did with it. My, but my parents socked away all the money that I ever got for birthdays for, from everybody, not just from my grandma. I didn't have to be in debt after leaving college, which is the best thing that they ever, ever did for me. Good on them. Um, and I'm happy about that. Almost every single day. Well, Ryan Atwood doesn't have the luxury of parents that put money away or or Millennium Scholarship, so he has to survive on his wits and convince Dr. Kim that even though he comes from what she's like like a bad side of the track yeah yeah she she says something about his background he's like my background right like he's he, like i can't i this can't whole tell you where is, i came ryan from talking back to people it's great and, actually and, and like finally standing up for himself yeah i can't do anything about where i came from but i can change where i'm going basically saying like if you don't believe in my potential like yeah what, what is she said something about like well uh, such a great vote of confidence from you and she she says look i'm not saying that like you're not capable and he's like well not admitting me to the school is really gonna do fucking wonders for me. Yeah, she's feel like it would make like you, it would be bad for your self esteem. That's you right. Yeah, out yeah, that's what because it is. you'd lose a year of of yeah, high school. Yeah, she's already and your assuming that he's not gonna be able to do it, right. even though his test scores are through the fucking roof, which Sandy's talked about before. So, so Mul- he, Mulan's mom, um, yeah, <laughs> Rosalind Chow from from many movies, but recently seen in the live action Mulan movie. Right, I know her best from um, being the restaurant owner in Freaky Friday. I know her best as um, the flight attendant that actually turns out to be Robin Williams' daughter in the afterlife from What Dreams May yeah. Come. Yeah, it was such a good movie. Yeah, you had never seen that, and I showed I that to you. Yeah, it made me cry. It was a, a good one. She decides to give him an aptitude test. You basically like the acupuncture placer for right well, she says it's not an aptitude test she says it's not she said she, it, she, she said it wasn't says a placement it's, test it was an aptitude no she said test. it's a placement test not an aptitude test she right. wants to stress that it's not saying that you don't have potential if you fail this it's just to see where your strengths lie and 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 if you're able to like perform at the level we need you to perform at this school right and it turns out that he just should be a florist so it's weird stop those weird those wacky high school tests <laughs> My, I swear to God, mine said that I should be a social worker or a bartender. Yeah, I took one of those things and I got something that was like, oh, it says I should like be a baker. And- a baker. 
baker. I'm terrible at baking. And they're like, yeah, well, you know what? Just go with this other group of kids that are going to go tour Par Boulevard's correctional facility. What? Literally, they sent us on a trip like because we took those career you, aptitude you tests. You took a career test and they sent you to jail? Uh, to, uh, to to speak about becoming like law enforcement because that's basically oh, what it is. Oh, it's okay. like, oh, you're barely going to pass high school. Go be a cop. <laughs> Yikes, bikes. Oh, am I wrong? No, you're not. I Because thought- my ASVAB scores were shit, so they're like, there's no way he's going to make it in the military. Make As- him a cop. ASVAB was awful. The ACT is the only one that I liked. The ACT? ACT yeah. I don't, I, the SATs were so awful. Fun fact. You uh, remember in a previous episode, I talked about how I spent the majority of my senior year both literally and figuratively under a blanket because the medicine I was on made my depression so right. much worse. So much so that I never got a senior portrait taken. I don't exist in my senior yearbook at all. I'm not mm, there. Baby. And then... Uh, also that I had no clue about like, you know, SAT, ACT. And I went to talk to my guidance counselor about like, Hey, I hear my friends talking about taking all these tests. When am I going to take mine? And she was like, why? You're kidding. I shit you not. Oh my God. They really set you up to fail in high school. That's so mean. There's Dr. Kim's everywhere. Apparently. Jesus. Yeah. But the, but like, it was just like, it's February. You missed the boat. Yikes. And I'm like, why didn't anyone tell me that I was supposed to get on it? Like, my mom is dealing with her second fucking divorce and is like lost in, you know, at the bottle of, you know, at the bottom of a bottle of fucking Pinot most of the time. Like, she's much better now. I love my mom, but like, she was going through a roughie, as they say. Mom, Pinot. I know, right? I have better self esteem than that. Maybe a song blog. I don't know. I don't drink wine. Um, but yeah, yeah. The, that's a, and so like yeah. I don't even know what my SAT or ACT is. So like oh, that's I, why I don't even remember what my score was. But I know it was hideous because I can't take tests. But then my mom was like super proud because apparently I had like really really high scores on my GED. Like oh. where they were just like, oh, he's in like in the upper like you know like the the ninety eighth percentile. And she would tell people that as if like I was supposed to be proud of it. She'd be like. I would talk about, she's like, well, Ryan's going to college now. He he got his GED. And I'm like, can you like shut up the fuck about right. it? Like he just shut the fuck up. Just say I'm going to college and shut up. Yeah, yeah just say, but like, no, honey, like you were, they said you were in like the upper 90th percentile. I was like, great. Awesome. Can you like, I'm going to go fucking like Congrats. draw a nice warm bath and open a couple of veins. Are you fucking killing me right now? Like right. get out of here. Yeah. I have really bad test anxiety. So oh, even talking worst. about these are awful. Yeah. Like my hands shuddering just yeah. like speaking about this right moving now. So moving the, the fuck on. on. <laughs> Um, so he is taking the aptitude or placement test, yeah, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, this placement test. Um, and Summer- But at the same time, Marissa is finding out- Yeah, Marissa's finding out that Julie wants to send her away to- To to, to a place for troubled girls, which is basically an institution. She calls it a recovery center, but she right. basically wants to institutionalize her. Right. Which, I mean, understandable. She's on the psychiatric hold because she did, whether she meant to or not, try to kill herself. Right. But she's also just wiling out oh, yeah. Julie. Julie is drunk with power now that she's been able to tell off Jimmy and blah, 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 and blame Ryan for everything. Right. And basically is going to send off her problem daughter and try and raise Caitlin to be the nice little equestrian girl she always wanted to be. Apparently, yeah. Poor, poor non-existent yeah. Caitlin. And Seth and Summer, they're kind of talking on campus, but then some cheerleaders walk by, some cheerleader friends of Summer's, and she pretends literally in it like sitting across the table from him that she doesn't know seth yep. that they weren't just relating as friends but they team up to save marissa 
Um, because Summer, they, they decide they have to break Marissa out of the hospital because Marissa doesn't want to go to, because her mom wants to ship her off to San Diego. And so she's going to lose all her friends. She's going to lose everything in Newport. Wants to ship her to this institution in San Diego. Wants to bar her from seeing her dad ever again. So they spring Ryan out of his test. Yeah. And they interrupt the test. Yep. And Ryan just is like, you know what? You're right, Dr. Kim. You're probably right. It wouldn't work out between us. And throws the test at her and fucking books it. Books it, it out. And they have some ridiculous, mad cap run through this the hospital fucking, like mixed nuts ass shit this 80s farce right that they're candy doing striper outfits. summer apparently volunteers as a candy striper at the hospital wild and they have like a madame bovary like well, so yeah novel so, so she, she's going around like because candy stripers go around and like you know they're volunteers and they help out the hospital but like what she does is she goes and drops off books to like the long-term care patients that are there yep and uh so she and seth seth who is like like way too horned up at the sight of summer in Yikes. that candy striper outfit, like down it's, boy, and it's not even like a sexy one. No, are, they're not supposed to be. Uh, they can be though. Well, yeah, on Halloween, I guess. Right. Well, on you Halloween, can a, you can sexy I'm waiting anything. for all the sexy potato head costumes to come this year. Oh, thank God. Ugh. Yeah, just take away the gender and bring on the sexy. <laughs> Potato head. Yes. Potato. Yeah. Mr. Potato Head. Mr. Potato Head. No. Sexy Potato Head. Sexy Potato Head. That's all you get. All you get. It's just legs and potato. I love the idea of these people like bitching about the gendering of a potato that keeps a mustache and female lips in its butt when it's not wearing them. (laughs) Like, fuck off. Go read Cat in the Hat and think you're making a statement. (laughs) God, I fucking... This is not a political podcast, but sometimes... Sometimes. Ugh. Anyways. Anyways. This ridiculous dash through the hospital of like they right. get an outfit for Marissa to wear and and they have to run interference with Julie mm-hmm. like I'm waiting for yakety sacks to start playing right. any and them running moment. running through the hallways like Scooby-Doo style oh yeah <laughs> just just opening a bunch of doors and running this way and that way and yeah even Luke like steps in at even a moment and is up. like take the stairs yeah as if they wouldn't have done that already he came in after he had been just like found out like we we been knew about Luke. Like we knew that like he was a piece of shit. Right. But to have it all laid bare on the weekend where he thought he was just gonna be fucking Marissa the entire time. Whoopsie. He comes in with like flowers and everything. She's like, I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to see you. And then she's like, Look, like, we have to get out of here. And he's like, You're running away? She's like, Yeah. Yes. And he's like, Take the stairs. And like, he's gonna, he's gonna help. But yeah, you mentioned the Madame Bovary thing earlier. Yeah. So Seth and Summer, while they're waiting for Ryan and Marissa to come out of her room after she's changed are sitting there and looking over the books that she has on her cart and he picks up Madame Bovary and makes an offhand comment and she just basically bitches about how she doesn't agree with character decisions in it and like why would she take arsenic and blah 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 right and he's like you read Madame Bovary she's like of course I read it five times times. and she says it's Thomas so-and-so's favorite book oh I should check on him he has severe incontinence (laughs) right But like this, this severe turn of like, not only does she actually care about people, but she's also well read. And and also we drip feed a little bit of her nerdishness with the fact that she made a fucking Days of Thunder reference. Well, this is the thing is that. And and I wanted to get to this point with you. I didn't want I, I didn't want you to be like you were super hating on Summer for a while, and with good reason because yes, that's what they were showing you. So. 
That's exactly what they were showing you. Um, But I like the idea that there's a girl who realizes that she can get more out of life by being a ditzy idiot than by being smart and especially in a Newport Beach type of situation. And so, of course, there might be something more to her, but she doesn't necessarily need to show it because it's not relevant at the time. Like she's very much taking a Kirsten path. Uh, in my opinion. No, I get it. But that goes back again to like weaponizing what you think are your best assets. What we were talking about for yeah. like an hour last week. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 a shitty way to go through life not being your authentic self so you can claw your way to the fucking top of a system that wasn't built for you in the first place. Well, and she also that she can be both is the thing. She can be the the ditzy girl who drinks because she's a kid. She can have fun. Oh, yeah. No, I know. But like but again, she can also be well read too like in the same oh no I never assumed that she couldn't be but that all the show was showing us right well effect obviously I know but what I'm saying is like there was a lot dropped in these last two episodes about right. her that 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 made her suddenly uh, the slightest bit three dimensional I like that they did it the way that they did because it very much showed us what Seth knew all along about her he's he's discovering it a little bit too but he's been attracted to her because he kind of knew that there was more to her true I mean whenever he talks about her he talks about like to other people he talks about how beautiful she is and everything but when he right. talks about her to her he talks about how compassionate she is and how smart she is and everything like that which is what led to the aforementioned lip service right which you know he knew to be fair he, he knew her since she was young since she wrote that the fucking mermaid, mermaid poem, poem feeding and, them them skinny squirrels in the park yeah and feeding the squirrels in the park like there is an element of that as children that we very much are still in our our own you know hearts like we are those children still and so he i think wants to keep the hope that she's still that person inside even though she's acting out because she's a teenager now like if everyone judged me on what i did when i was a teenager oh god i wouldn't have any friends at all and it would be completely justified because i was a horrible person when i was in high school we i think everyone was but that's what also sucks is that societally few systems and structures and unfortunately people evolve beyond that high school era whether it's you know the 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 cliques and 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 social you know ladder climbing that is that is put in place at that time or uh the uh the, the sort of person that you are trying to project yeah. that you want to be and that you work more hard, you work more hard, you work harder at projecting the, the sense of yourself that you want to be rather than being your authentic self to try and impress other people who are all doing the same thing. And I mean, I guess it could be said, too, that we're just sort of stretching to find out who we really are, because I don't know that everybody is who they are as children completely. They still need to like stretch, grow, decide what is worth pursuing, what is not worth pursuing, no matter what. So it's... Well, and speaking of finding out who people are, we we then have to get back to the whole Jimmy, Kirsten, Sandy, and Rachel of it all. Yeah, so he... Because while all this madcap hospital shit is going on and after right. they've escaped and are trying to like find places to stay, because initially... They all go to Jimmy's because that's where Marissa wants to live. Yep. And he immediately call like he he tries to do the good thing. He calls Julian says she's here. I'll try and keep her here. She's right. safe. But as soon as she sees and and gets even a whiff that he's talking to Marissa, boom, out the door again. Right. And exactly. so the kids are out on the town eating pizza and and trying to figure out what they're going to do. Mm, pizza. But at the same time, <laughs> oh, pizza. 
Yeah. Pizza later. Yes, that's what's yeah, happening. Pizza Kids, later. we just made dinner plans. Yeah. Live on the air. That's We're getting pizza today. Fucking pizza. <laughs> so, so uh, <laughs> Sandy's out having post-work drinks. Right. With, with, with Rachel. Well, who... here's the thing is that Kirsten thinks he's out with people from the firm. She thinks it's a getting to know you deal. Right. But it looks like just drinks with Rachel. And Rachel's already getting sloshed. Which, you know, is fine. And it's all Ra- the company time. Do it. Rachel also... Um, she can get it. Yes, she can get she's it. She's professional sexy. She is professional sexy. She's got the hot top on um, underneath, underneath the blazer. The blazer. Yeah. And so when they're out for drinks, she's taken off the blazer. So Ooh. she's just hot. And then you realize that it's like a sleeveless top at the same time. Woo, get it, girl. She makes a point to Sandy. She was like, you're fucking killing me here. Because that's of course, right. They do have a moment because she brings all these cases to him and he's already seven cases. He gets seven cases and six. he's already made court court dates for court six dates of them. For six of them. And she's like, no, you need to like settle, dude. Yeah. Like you need to like, this is what we do. Like we, right. we want, don't, we don't have time to go to court for all for these. every single, like I know you're used to fighting every single battle and like, we love that about you. And that's why we brought you here right. so that when we do have a battle that's worth fighting, we can send you into the fucking trenches. But Jesus Christ, calm down, learn to settle, dude. I can only fend off the partners for so long. Right. Which, you know fair you gotta play the game she you, says you kind of have to play the game so she's had a hard day so of course she's having yeah, they're, some they're having some drinks jimmy comes to kirsten yep a to apologize again for right. trying to put some lips on her Ugh. which props to kirsten she immediately as soon as it happened and as soon as even though he's apologizing immediately she's like i'm leaving i'm gonna leave goodbye i'm leaving yeah i'm taking like, off like removes herself from the situation she's not gonna have a conversation she doesn't want to hear the apology right now right good on her but he comes back and they're both like hey it was stupid it, it's okay it's not we've, okay we've but been, it's okay yeah we've been friends for too long to let this get in the way yeah. of our friendship so let's just move on yeah but he needs some legal advice fucking stat right so they find them at the bar he's gonna lose his kids it's super awkward because jimmy already sees that it's maybe a little more um at that table than a yeah. business meet and greet. Uh, well, because so that's he the books thing, it. Is, is is Rachel and and Sandy, as we've mentioned before, have that sort of Jimmy and Kirsten background. Right. But there's nothing awkward about it for them. Right, exactly. So they go back home. Kirsten and Sandy oh, yeah. have a talk. They have a bit of a talk because Kirsten's like, How was work? It looked like more than drinks and and he, to his credit, he's just like, well, who was painting Jimmy's apartment this whole fucking weekend? And I said nothing. And I didn't say anything about it. Right. Because I trusted you and I knew nothing was going to go on. And Kirsten says nothing did go on. Uh, to be fair, yes. In in her and Jimmy's minds and in, in what their relationship and friendship is, nothing really did happen. Well, because Sandy said it. Sandy's like, well, and I know that nothing happened. And then there's a pause and he's like, because nothing happened, right? Mm-hmm. And then Kirsten's like, no, nothing happened. Mm-hmm. Because here's the thing. It was a initiated by Jimmy kiss. Mm-hmm. That a man she at, did, at the bottom of the barrel who was losing everything. That she did not reciprocate. No, she did not. And so therefore to her, it was nothing. Fair. Fair. But like, that's the thing is, is Sandy brings up a good point. I didn't make you pay for this shit because I trust you. Right. And I know that like nothing's going to happen. I like, I don't understand couples like jealous couples. I don't get that. I've, I've had a few relationships where people are less than trustworthy of, you know, like, Hey, you went out with your friends. Like what'd you do tonight? I think that if you feel the need, not if you do, if you even feel the urge to go through someone's phone or to be suspicious of their actions, 
then you should either address the fact that there's distrust in the relationship or you and shouldn't be in a fucking it, relationship. Or you should get out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that it all and it always throws me off that that people cheat in an extended period of time. And I'm not talking about Kirsten and Jimmy having like one kiss no. or even like one sexual encounter where you wake up the next morning and you go, fuck, what have I done? But like extended periods of time. Like going back to the well every fucking time. Like cheating with the same person. Exactly. Like having a relationship with somebody else for months to years at a time that I will never, ever personally understand because it's like, if you don't want to be with them, don't be with them. And this is why we like Sandy and Kirsten as a couple because they are able to have these conversations. Exactly. And it doesn't kill their relationship. Exactly. And, and, And they are able to kind of talk about this. And so... Then, as they are kind of coming to grips with, hey, we're, we're cool, it's fine, they get the call because Ryan calls Sandy and says, I need some legal advice. Exactly. I'm here with Marissa. Yep. And Sandy, to his credit, says, you don't want to go to court with this. Yeah, you want to You need settle. to know how to settle. Right. And so, so they, they invite Julie over. They invite Julie over and they kind of spring it on her because- They do. And, and Ryan, he gets all up in her face about like, she wasn't running away- from Newport or the situation she was running away from you. She's tired of you and your bullshit. Mm-hmm. And she wants to live with her dad. And Marissa didn't even feel safe telling this to the fucking psychiatrist that was sent to evaluate her yeah. in the hospital before sending it off to the institution. And again, something we should talk about, Julie tried to fucking underhand some shit again. With the therapist. Because yeah. she and Jimmy don't want to send, like are, are, are at opposite ends right. of sending her to San Diego. Yeah, Jimmy doesn't want to send her. But she goes up to the therapist, the representative, and right. says, hey, uh, I talked it over with my husband, my and and we're okay. Like, I can get her in a car tonight and have her there. Mm-hmm. And, you Even know. though the therapist very clearly states that it can be done both ways. Like, oh, you yeah. don't need to put her into Julie a facility. Julie is pushing hard for outpatient, we're moving away type shit. Yep. And yeah, and so so, yeah, they lay it down. They're like, "Look, if you want to see your daughter again, you're gonna have to fucking because like that's the thing. She comes and she's like, you know where she is. How do I know you're involved with this? Like, of course I knew. Yeah, Ryan throws down. Um, and Marissa should like walks behind her Mm -hmm. in frame and is like, "It's true, mom. I want to go live with dad. I don't want to like do this anymore. You tried to send me to and then also blah blah blah. Ryan calls out Julie. Says, "Hey, you're from Riverside, and she she looks at Sandy with fucking." daggers oh, in yeah. her eyes like you fucking told him she was pissed and he's like, he's like it's not far from where i'm from and like he he makes some good points he's like you're 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 in a weird place right now and you're afraid of losing everything that you fought so hard right. to have which is a good point that she's not in a he's place trying, to listen to. he's trying to relate to her right and this is and you can see it she's like this little shit you can see it but she does break a little bit and she cries a little bit but then immediately wipes the tears and basically tells her daughter this isn't over you haven't heard the last of me like she's storming out like a fucking bond villain right and it's like this isn't over where are you going you're going somewhere without your i mean you're basically walking out and saying that it's okay for her to move in with her father so you've already lost quite a bit so mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see where this goes because I don't remember, honestly. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, now that that's wrapped up, we still have to wrap up with Ryan because he walked out on his test. 
Yeah. And talks so, to like just and, Rico and, Suave's his way well, into no, another desk. Sa- Sandy says, you know, not, you know, go in there, tell her the situation, tell her right. that you really mean it. And if she thinks you really mean it, I think she'll give you a second chance. And if not, you have your attorney with you. So Sandy probably went to bat for him too. And he takes the test. He passes the flying colors. Right. Of course. Of course. Yeah. So he's going to be a, a harbor school pirate. And he's like a pirate. It's a and, bit minty. And Se- yeah. And Seth goes, I know it's a bit minty. I don't even know what that means. I'm, I'm assuming it's a way for them to uh, get around saying something worse. Uh, 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 maybe. Uh, a little limp-wristed? I don't know. Mm. Who's to say, Not man. quite sure. So we we reached the end of the episode. He is now a, yep. he's, he's a harbor gonna, guy. He's going to go to school with Seth. Yep. And, and Summer and, and Marissa. Marissa. And so everything seems to be okay for now. For now. Until they burn down another... Uh, empty Plot house. twist, they burn down the school. Oh, man, no. He goes Donnie Darko and floods it. We've already had fire. We need the water now. <laughs> no, that's too close to the Buffy ending of school. <laughs> so Yikes. probably not. Um, Where can they find you on the social media, Ryan? Should you be that bored, you can look up at uh, Mad Ryantist on most socials. Um, and you can find me at at page in Reno land on most socials and you can email us if you would like us to very covertly work in your ad uh, at I couldn't help but podcast at gmail.com. I'm talking to you potato heads. I'm talking to Paramount, Paramount Plus, Plus. all you people be super great. Um, Local uh pizza vendors oh my gosh yeah i we don't know where we're getting pizza tonight and you could make a decision oh yes you you could make our decision weekly if you wanted to yeah pirates god i miss pizza who's to say man who's (laughs) to say could go anywhere (laughs) um and follow us on all the socials it can't help but pod so we will see you guys next week welcoming you back to the oc bitches yep we'll see you later adios bye yay